Uh, before we get into uh, the message, which is actually what we're going to be doing activation today, um, we do it once a month where we do more of an activation service. It's like Graham Cook said, there's only so many life changing sermons you can hear in one, one year, right? So, um, so we want to apply the things that we, we learn and we teach. And, uh, but I just wanted to just kind of, kind of comment on during worship about and on 2 Corinthians chapter 3 18 it says this we all behold him and you know look as in a mirror dimly until we basically become conformed to his image and I just want to uh, actually just want to read that this is a couple verses today but important as well the 2 Corinthians chapter 3 16, or sort of 15, says that to this day, whenever Moses is read, the veil lays over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So we can see, our hearts can see, in Ephesians 1, pray that the eyes of your heart may be open, or the eyes of your understanding may be open. Verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And so the key is, but we all, and Paul's he's writing to the Corinthian church, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. And so from glory to glory, it basically means from one step at a time in the sense of Hey, I got Jesus' eyes this weekend. <laughs> you know, I got I got his heart, this, you know, just it's a we go from glory to glory being conformed into his image. But the key is it says we all. And there is a part of encountering the Lord being transformed into his image that can only take place corporately. It can only take place with gathering with Two or more. And it's important to have, I'm not saying you don't have one your, your personal quiet times, devotional times with the Lord. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's it's not either or, it's both and more. Heidi Baker always says that. And so it's it's the same is true this. Have your every time with the Lord by yourself because He covets that time. But do not forsake the assembling together as the day draws near even more, which is talking about as the day of Jesus approaches. We're to, we're to gather together more and more. We're not to forsake it. We're not to exchange it for anything. Even like online presence, I feel like that can be helpful. And sometimes, you know, if you're on the road, you can travel, you can include it. So it's, it's nothing wrong, but it can't replace actually getting together shoulder to shoulder face to face. And so um, and then I just had this image of like holding Jesus' face this morning and like kissing him on the cheek and just adoring him and I don't often and, and I know that's the Lord because that's not the Lord's had to change. I used to get mad when I, I went to like 722 at North Point with Justin and I were dating. And we went to the singles group and they would sing like this slow into the song. And I'd be like, it would really bother me. It's like, he's not a tanker. He's not like this tender, like he's strong and powerful. He's like destroying him. He's a warrior. And like that's, but like the Lord, you know, he's just like, you're not comfortable with intimacy. You need to get over yourself. You know, this is part of what I am. And, and David said in Psalm 62, two things I know of the Lord, these two things I've heard, that he's both strong and loving. So he's the warrior, and he's the tender father. And so I just want to encourage you that no time is wasted beholding the Lord. No time is wasted. You're actually, every time you, you lift your voice to the Lord, or you speak a word of praise or thanksgiving, you are in that moment, you're transforming yourself. And you may not see the transformation in that moment, 
But you're gonna, there's going to come a day where you realize that something's changed inside of you. And it's because it's the, it's the building of your life. It's the building of a house, right? You put one brick on one day, and you're like, there's a, not a whole lot of change, but, it, but you're actually further ahead than you were previously. And so God's building you as a temple. Anyways, sermon that always teach Megan and said, Megan gets like a sermon that every Tuesday or Saturday, or two or three sermons, depending on the day. But uh, bless Megan's heart, everybody, don't pray for Megan. And, uh, I want to talk about casting out demons. And we've been talking about this the previous uh, two weeks. And I just want to kind of review before we kind of get into more a little bit of activation and testimony. And so the reason we have been preaching on casting out demons is because I believe it's actually going to come a little bit more to the forefront. As we minister to people, we're going to have to deal with more demonic manifestations. So you go to most, any, just about any country outside of Western countries, which would be, you know, like European nations, some European nations in Canada, the U.S., you go to South America, you go to Africa, you go to Asia, you're going to come into a lot more manifestation of, of demons. And, and part of it is because they simply believe in the spirit world a lot more. And so demons look different. Here, demons are, are really, they're really good with like, you're not thinking that they're demons. They're like, yes, please, we like darkness. We'd rather be in darkness. We'd rather you think we not exist and control the demonology. That's exactly what we want. And so part of this has been to put light on us and to also just empower us because God's given us authority. Jesus has given us authority to cast out demons. It's part of what he told John. He said, you know, John the Baptist was in prison. He was one reason. Probably, you know, he's like, I'm about to die. I think the order for my head is coming. And he sent his disciples just to make sure Jesus would be the one. Jesus said, tell John, blessed is he who does not take offense of me, but cast out demons, I heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. And so casting out demons is, many times when Jesus would heal people, he would actually cast out demons. So healing and casting out demons actually goes in and in often. And um, I was in uh, burning, and I prayed for a man who, he had like a leech on him. He had a pain in his back. I saw it, it looked like a leech. And I prayed for him, prayed for, for God to remove the leech off his back, and, and he was healed. So there was like some kind of spirit that was attached to his back that healed the guy. And so a lot of times, that's just the, you know, as, as an example of healing and deliverance going in and out. I want to talk about, um, just real quickly, how to identify the enemy. Things is that you can get you can get slum, you can get the fog, 
just about being, you can go to a place. And uh, I, I told the story when we first went into what, what is now a lot of bar, was called New Earth at the time. There was a music hall downtown. We've been in there for about five years. When we first went in there, it was on the walls. You had a skeleton holding a human heart. You had an owl with a third eye on its, on its head right here. And my children played right there underneath the skeleton and the human heart. And we, it was obviously very dark in there. And I told you, Jessica said, you ready to worship Jesus in the house of hell? But the belief is, is that Jesus comes everywhere. So if you're going to worship the house of Baal, they got Dagon has to test it out. They put the Ark of the Covenant in Dagon's temple. They go the next day, Dagon's bound to the Ark. They try they put, they put their God back up on his feet. They go back the next day. Dagon's falling before the Ark again, and his arms and legs are broken off. They're like, guys like, don't try to put back up this time. And so wherever Jesus is, that's his house. That's it. And he purchased it. And so eventually, but that being said, after about a month in there, it started to feel clean again. But we knew, like, hey, there's stuff in there. So we would pray cleansing prayers when we went in to New Earth at the time because all kinds of stuff was happening there during the week. But we told the, the spirits, like, this is our house now. We pay for it. This is our time. You're not allowed to be here. You gotta leave. And we had some amazing times encountering the Holy Spirit with those paintings on the wall. And we eventually did cover them up because we just didn't want them to get any kind of glory and stuff. So, um, and so, talking about cleansing prayer and cleansing of the farmers, I want to ask Megan to come up and share a little bit more about that. Okay, so something um, that I really thought the Lord was saying while I was kind of preparing what to talk about with this was don't make it too complicated. Um, and so I think that's just something to like keep in our minds while we're thinking about cleansing prayer is don't overcomplicate it. Like recognize the power and the authority that we have as believers and that's in the name of Jesus and that's it. Like, it's very simple. Um, but after ministry in general, um, especially after a deliverance. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're casting out a demon or you're praying for um, oppression to like lift off someone, um, it is just always helpful um, and always good to keep in mind um, to pray cleansing prayers over yourself and whoever you're doing that ministry with. Um, and when I'm talking about this, I don't want to give it any too much credit. Because I think a lot of times in deliverance, like it can be really easy to walk away and be like, oh my gosh, there's so much now I can be afraid of. When in reality, it's like if we start giving the enemy any kind of um, attention in this that is above the name of Jesus, we're basically saying that he's one. And so we're talking about cleansing prayer. Once again, keeping it super simple. Jesus is our focus, he is above everything else. Um, and so that being said, we also get to recognize um, just the kingdom authority that we walk in. And that's that's the simplicity of cleansing prayer, is that we're exercising our right as spiritual sons and daughters of the king um, to release the kingdom of heaven where we are and over um, who we're doing ministry with. And so I say that, um, not to say that we won't experience attack or hardship, when we pray cleansing prayers after ministry. Um, but I want to just go to Psalm 18 um, and just kind of give us a reminder of the nature of God and who He is. And then I'm going to walk us through just a cleansing prayer that I personally like to pray. And there's not a formula for this. It's not like you have to pray A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, this exact cleansing prayer. There are examples, um, but really, I'll walk through kind of the basis as we go through this cleansing prayer of like the things that it covers. Um, but first, if you guys want to hop over to Psalm 18, um, one through two, I just want to remind us of like 
the Lord is. And we know this, but it is so helpful to like read it again and again over ourselves of who God is as a protector um, and as a defender. And so in Psalm 18, David writes, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, which horn means strength here, so the strength of my salvation, my stronghold. So what David is doing here, he's recognizing God as his refuge, he's recognizing God as his strong power that he takes refuge in, and he's recognizing the Lord as his shield, as his defender, and as his strength. Um, and so I, I think that's the premise of every um, cleansing prayer is recognizing those aspects that David is putting into play there. So, with that being said, we pull up the cleansing prayer. So this, um, there's a ministry in Moravian Falls um, called War Ministry, and this is where this specific prayer um, is taken from. So this is the first part of it. I'm just going to ask if we all want to read it together and not kind of break down what each section covers. So this is the first section. So let's all read it together. Father God, I ask you to remove from me any attachments, attacks, assignments, burdens, false burdens, curses, lies, or defilement that may have been placed upon me today. I ask this in the name of Jesus. So this part of the prayer is, once again, recognizing the power and the authority that the name of Jesus carries, and it's exercising like, our right as sons and daughters um, to come before the Father and ask this of them boldly. So, next part. I say that every demonic entity, spirit, or being that are not requested by Jesus to be here must go now in Jesus' name. Father God, fill me now with your encouragement, fill me with kingdom shalom, grace, and hope. I declare that I am a blood-bought child of God. Amen. So this part of the prayer is simply telling anything that is not of the kingdom to leave and in the place of that for the kingdom to come. Um, and so I really like this prayer. There was one that I had before this that was super long, super in-depth, but this right here is like just very simple. And once again, it's like once we recognize the authority that we walk in, even in deliverance, like although there's all of these things to keep in mind and remember, like this right here comes down to the basis of like, I'm a child of God, I get to walk in the things of the kingdom, and I know who my father is. And so that's cleansing prayer in a nutshell. There's a lot of other things I can talk about, but once again, I just wanted to keep it simple um, of things to keep in mind after doing ministry or after doing the Lord's. So, um, that's so good. And just recognizing that another key to reviews is not all thoughts are your thoughts. Um, I think that's part of taking captive every thought and making it obedient to Jesus. Is you have a thought of um, maybe it's in judgment against somebody. Like, I don't really want to like that person for whatever reason, or something about yourself, whatever it is. If it isn't the truth, if it doesn't line up with the Bible and in Jesus' ways and in his mind, then they have to take the captive regardless. And so, um, anyways, I've, I've talked about that in the previous two weeks. If you haven't heard the previous two weeks, just um, have we been able to record the last two weeks? We have. So it's still be on the website so you can catch up if you haven't been here. Um, right now I want to ask Alan to come up and share his testimony of just how the Lord delivered him. Yeah, give it up for the workshop. 
information that was really weird, never heard of it before, it sounded kind of crazy. And so I told Travis and Jessica about it, and I told them like what what he would explain would happen, and they just said like, yeah, he just needs to repent and like make agreement and like get another direction. Like it was real simple. I remember just being like, oh. Okay, so if this happens again, and if, he, if his heart's in a place to repent, like, he just needs to repent, break agreement with this thing, and then, like, it has to go, like, it has to bow the name of Jesus. Um, and so we had kind of talked about that, because I, I told him that I talked to Justin Jessica about it. Um, we were in North Carolina, he was in the military, um, when this kind of was all happening. Um, but, so that was kind of in my head, so I was really thinking about it, and I had, had the opportunity to talk to Justin Jessica about it. Um, but it's still totally great to be on that. Like, what what that great Thank you. That's perfect. So my sister's wedding, uh, I think we're close to probably breaking it off at that point. I, I got this overwhelming sense of dread, and like I couldn't really continue on with our relationship, and got really depressed. And so that's one of those moments where this was an intense intense emotional experience. And so it started happening So very thankful that we at least talked about it before and she had to rid of what was going on. So it happened again. So I began to convulse. Began to hang back up again. She called out to me what was happening, but she knew in that moment what was happening. So then she began to proclaim with authority the name of Jesus. And then it got worse. Way worse. So this one I was convulsing on the floor, had no control over what I was doing at this time. She then began to pray in tongues. I grew up Presbyterian, I never heard this before. I had zero idea what this even was. And then it got even worse. At this one I was scratching on a carpet, like I flipped over a piece of furniture. I was trying to scream, but I couldn't. Something was blocking my throat. Eventually, I did scream. I screamed for it to get out, but it kept happening. Kept convulsing, kept crawling, clawing my way across the room. Felt physically exhausted. And finally, I got to the point where I was able to scream a little bit louder. So I screamed in the name of Jesus as loud as I could. That can be pretty loud. She's asking about that. It's all right. I blew out my voice. I was completely hoarse, screaming the name of Jesus. I got to the point where I crawled across the room. Christo was continuing to pray in tongues, read scripture, read Psalm 91. And she was, man, getting after it. She was just full of the Spirit. At this point, I stopped what I was doing because I was so physically exhausted. I was so hoarse. I couldn't continue really moving at this point. So then I just stopped. I stopped everything. I sat under my breath. I said, God, I'm done fighting. It was done. I said, I get all of you. So it was at that moment that I felt whatever was going on in me, whatever was inside me, it collapsed. All of a sudden, it was But then I felt empty. I felt like an empty glass. There was nothing there. Alone, cold, empty. So then Chris came over. Yeah, so I just touched the top of his head and the bottom of his feet, and I was just like, Holy Spirit, just come fill Alan from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet with your presence and your love. Um, and right, that was like touching him because uh, I was still totally freaked out, but I was <laughs> So when she prayed that, I went from feeling completely empty and void to feeling overwhelmingly, abundantly full. I felt God's love in this powerful way that I can really only describe as a cup overflowing. There wasn't enough of me to hold it all in. It was so intense. I couldn't handle it. 
I'm going to read this. James 4, 7 says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In that word. So without knowing it, that's what this experience was. Humble myself, submitted to God. The devil had to go. There was no choice. And so I knew that uh, something was different, obviously. This overwhelming sense of love kind of washed over me. It was like, so beautiful and cleansing. So the next day, we were, we were driving. Um, I knew something was different because before that, uh, when I would listen to Christian music, I could not stand it. I was on a chalkboard. It was an absolute terror. <laughs> I couldn't stop crying when I heard Christian music that morning. It touched me in such a beautiful and way, it still does. So I say all this and thank you for asking me to share in the process to encourage all of you. We've got to do it for me. And just from my perspective of the story, like when this started happening, like I dealt with fear and anxiety in my whole life. And like worst case scenario thinking. And so this was like a worst case scenario for me. Um, and so I was not just like, oh, I'm just gonna like fight and pray and just be a powerful person. It was like everything within me wanted to run and flee. Um, I was very close to the door to leave that many times that I thought I needed to. Um, but it was the Holy Spirit in me was more powerful than the fear and anxiety that he like gave me the courage to stay and fight. Um, and I, I didn't have a plan, like, he just showed up with me in my worst case scenario and, like, gave me the tools that I needed, um, the strategy that I needed in that moment to know what to do and how to respond. Um, and so the verse that came to my mind earlier um, is, it's um, first verse, John 1 5, and it says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so it's like that was a very dark moment when he was trying to have his way. Um, but like the light shone in the darkness, like the darkness could not overcome it. Like the light won, like Jesus passed the victory. Um, and after that experience that Alan had with the Holy Spirit, like he would kind of manifest the Holy Spirit from time to time. After that, and it would totally freak me out because it would like give me PTSD from what we experienced. Um, and I would like to run the heck away from him. <laughs> but I would say, he would, it would just be these moments where he would get like overwhelmed with the love of God. Um, and again, he's like, that's been great for this. Like, he's never seen anyone like fall out of the spirit. Like, I didn't even know if I was real. I'm still kind of like, I don't know what all this But he would experience the Holy Spirit in really powerful ways. And just to also speak to like, what the enemy meant for evil, like, Jesus means for good. And like, that, like, feeling the presence of the Lord is like, it's a gift from him. And so like, the enemy tries to take it and twist it and like make it about like having an enemy, but like really we were just meant to like experience the presence of God in more technical ways. And so that was really cool for me to see that on the other side of that experience. Like him experiencing and encounter the presence of God in very tangible ways. Like that's what he was meant to do that and they just try to steal it um, from the beginning. So okay, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I mean, the enemy is a, uh, a copycat, so a lot of times he, he likes to manifest because God sometimes will have us manifest. And uh, I don't know all the time I've heard it like this. Yeah. There's times where I get, I get the call to hold this thing, but I, I can't stop my leg from shaking, but I'm like, everything else is. One of those things where I just told the Lord, like, Lord, if I, if I have to look like a fool to have more of you, then that's, that's fine. Um, I just want to touch on something that uh, Alan and Krista mentioned is this that really repentance and getting in alignment and in truth with, with God, and in alignment with God and the truth of God 
is the, the foundation, it's the core of getting moved. And the Lord says, you know, we, we kind of, when we read this phrase in Passover, because we're very familiar with it, it says, those who call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. <laughs> but there's so much truth in that word. I have, there was a time where I was dealing with a spirit that was, um, this was probably almost nine years ago, and I, I can't go into all the detail of it, but it was like it, everything felt so real that the Spirit was trying to put on me. And I remember I was sitting on the couch crying with Jessica, and I said, Father, you love me! And it broke off. It broke off. And I was at that place of like desperation, like, I can't do this. Like, I, it comes from a, a, that place of like, <laughs> I don't want to live with this. I don't want it. It's got to be your enemy. God doesn't deliver you from your friends. He delivers you from your enemies. So if you're friends with a sin, you won't be delivered. But if you hate that thing, you want it gone. And he'll deliver And so, um, I want to I pray for us. It's going to be like a, a corporate kind of deliverance thing. And um, I'm not going to explain it all. But I also want to say that it's, it's not taboo to be dealing with spirits. Uh, I would say most Christians have had to at some point, whether they recognize it or not. Like, I, I know I have pornography for 17 years. So I know I had spirits of lust, spirits of pornography, spirits of sexual morality. But, but God delivered me when I repent, when I surrendered everything. Like sovereign and delivery. And God's very well capable of doing that apart from anybody. Just like, you know, Alan said, I submit to you and found at the end of the week. But the important thing is also to don't leave the house empty. Fill it up with the Holy Spirit, right? Don't leave the house empty. But I want to talk about some occultic. I want to pray a prayer of deliverance from any kind of occultic practices and then. Um, going to lawlessness as well, but types of occultic practices. And some of these things as kids, we just didn't know what we were doing. So I had a relative that had a Ouija board that just stayed in the closet. Nobody ever used it. But me and my brother had it now. I was like, what's this? Oh, you can the board and the thing moved on us. And you know, and it's, a, it's an occultic game. And so when I came to the Lord, you know, was did, you know, repenting of things, and the Lord brought me to when you play with that Ouija board, and there's like a spirit that moved that thing. <laughs> so I repented for playing with a Ouija board. It's an occultic practice. Palm reading, if you've ever had a palm reading, if you've ever gone to a site, I had my palm reading in college. Alright? Repented of that. Spell casting. You know, Dungeons and Dragons is something that we actually had to cast spells. So if you, anything that's happening, we actually kind of cast a spell because the foundation of witchcraft and sorcery and magic is control and manipulation. You're trying to control something, right, or a person. What's a voodoo? Control. What's witchcraft? Control. Casting a spell? Control. What does the devil like to do? Control. And so, horoscopes, if you put in and I'm not saying you glance over and you just happen to notice it in the paper, but if you're kind of like, I'm a Leo and I'm going to have a good day today because Leo's a person. If you're putting faith in that thing, horoscopes. If you're a part of any satanic rituals, you would know that before. Wicked. White magic, black magic. Involvement in the cult, including Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian Science, Scientology. And also, I want to say, if you if you were involved in others, I want to say this kind of with a caveat. If you're involved in the Masons, you have relatives involved with the Masons. Not everybody, not every Mason lodge makes you say an oath. Sometimes if you're just like, hey, we did come down to the Mason club and we're like a volunteer. I would say that if, if you're not taking an oath, you're just trying to help out. But at the same time, I feel like it doesn't hurt you know, whatever. But 
there are levels of masonry where you get into it and you're swearing on your family's lives. So, you know, you're swearing that you're going to become a your children if you break this oath, all that kind of stuff. And so, if you've had a family really deep involved in that or even at a high level or any kind of level and you feel like the Lord wants to repent for that, especially, I would say definitely if they're at a high level. But that can also um, be occulted. So,
which you have made me conscious. For all sins committed by my ancestors, or by me. Alright, so right now it's just we're gonna take a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit if there are any sins I need to repent for on behalf of myself or my ancestors. You can just whisper it. I have to, but I think it's good to confess it with your mouth. So just, you can just whisper it. Overcome us, 
Lord, we submit to you. We surrender to you our lives and everything that we have. Thank you, Jesus. I just going to wait in the morning to see if there's anything else we need to, to pray about. Father, any, any infirmaries, infirmities, Lord, that have been attached to people because of occultic practices, whether through their ancestors or through their own practices, Lord, Father, I speak to you, Spirit of Infirmity, and I command you to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Habitual sickness, habitual injury, you have to leave. Infirmity, leave now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So if you've been afflicted with something that just won't go away, I want you to test it out right now. Test out your body.